spirit. I've told him all along, I was like, it's not me speaking. My mouth just opens up and then like stuff comes out and it's coming from above. It's not me. It's like, because sometimes I say things so perfectly like worded that it's like that there's no way I could have said that like if I really put my pen to paper and I'm like that was incredible how it just came out like that the divine you know intervention if you will is felt and I've told Baldo that and what you said too is true and you said when it comes out in this so you know I was reading I think it was John three fourteen yesterday and it was talking about washing feet right and it says you're supposed to wash your brother's feet and in return they'll wash your feet and now like you have a skill that you can basically pass along and you understand that but you're taking care of other people you're being a loving servant mm-hmm. and that's what i've told him from day one when we first started working together i said we have a responsibility you don't understand how big this is because I, I knew it then right you know and it's funny because you have been more spiritual lately and so have i been because i mean we grew up I and mean, we met at saint mary's for crying out loud right yeah so you know, I've been more spiritual talking about that lately. And at the time, years ago, I was like, we have a responsibility to other people. And we've, I've even been dealing with this lately, you know, talking to another friend of ours, you said spirit, because one of the other scriptures talks about there's gods among all of us. And I was like, I don't think there can be. I don't think we're, I, I mean, you say there's a resemblance of God in all of us. You're right. It's more of a spirit rather than like we ourselves are God. Right, because I don't, I just don't think that's possible. I think God can live within us. I think we can have you know downloads and messages and guidance. But I mean, the humbleness is that there's something greater than all of us right now, and and it created all this, and it has its own ideology. And you know, you we talked about for like the last theme for the last month and a half has been the the apple and the ser- and the serpent mm-hmm. and Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. So I want I want your take on this. So we're talking to Jason Borhart. CEO, founder of, man, CO3 Cattle Company. And we, we're we already in the middle of a great conversation, so I decided to press record. So now we're starting yeah, cause we haven't really, the actual we introduction haven't, in the well, middle we of it. We haven't talked spirituality like this. <laughs> Jason is a wonderful cattle rancher with regenerative agriculture and the best beef in the world. Let's just put it that way and we'll come back to that. But I really like this conversation. So Adam and Eve, mm. uh, the serpent was trying to give them an apple, right? Trying to get them to eat from the the tree of knowledge. Right. right. But God didn't like that. Right. So the serpent was trying to give humans knowledge, and God was trying to keep that from them. Why? Trying to keep that from them. Well, I think... You know, if you if you back up, you know, Adam and Eve were in the garden. Right. Right. And, um, you know, God said you can eat from any any tree. This is your garden. Right. Right. You can eat from, from any tree except the tree in, I guess, in the middle of the garden. Right. Right. Is There's a tree of life and there's a tree of knowledge. Right. And, um, and... He just asked them to not eat from that tree. Be obedient, right? Just don't eat from that tree. Right. Uh, God's all-knowing. Right. Right. And um, so let's assume he knew they would be tempted. Sure. Okay. And that temptation came. Right. uh, From the serpent. Certainly, 
you will not die, right? Right. If you eat from. Sure. You know, the death, I think, was more of a spiritual death. Okay. Okay. Um, and because at that time, there's a, there's a uh, uh, let's call it a sin or separation from God, uh, a disobedience, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and the serpent knew that was going to happen. Okay. So he goes to Eve, you yeah. know, and says, you know, certainly you're not going to die. And, uh, you know, and Eve partakes and, and then, uh, and then Adam, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, at, at that point, yeah, you might say, you know, the fall of man or whatever. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, and the funny thing about that is, is, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, and before, you know, all that, they were naked, unashamed, mm-hmm. you know, and so on and so forth. And then, you know, they put on the leaves and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing. Here, sure. Yeah, of course. You know, and, um, and, 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 you know, and, and God, God comes to them in the garden and they're, you know, kind of cowering and, and, you know, and, and, you know, and so on and so forth. And the conversation goes and, um, and, you know, when, when asked the question, why, well, the serpent made me do it. You know, Eve said, well, you know, the serpent tempted me and made me do it. Yeah. And, and, and Adam said, well, well, Eve made me do it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think there's a whole lot there in and of itself, you know, and instead of, there's definitely a lot instead there, of, right? because instead of Adam coming up and saying, wait, first of all, okay, God asked us to not eat of that, partake of that tree. Yeah. So serpent, I'm going to, I'm going to step on your head. You're done. You're out. Yeah. I'm going to step in here as the man in this in this relationship and I'm going to protect us. That didn't happen. Yeah, I'm going to set my foot down, right? Yeah, like, I'm no. going to set my foot down and say no. He had that opportunity to do that and he didn't take it. And I think there's a whole nother, that's for a whole nother podcast. Probably. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of like not wanting to take responsibility that we share in this world now, right? Like the, so many of we just like people in general, I yeah. mean, including ourselves in so many yeah. aspects where it's just like, uh, it's not really my fault. It, you know, it's someone else's fault. Right. Like, right. Right. There's so much power in taking responsibility. And I think that that's the part where it helps to, yeah. to want to set your foot down. Like, right. there's, like take that power, you know, embrace that power. Yeah. I, I think your initial question, Jonathan was why, why did God not want them? Yeah. It's not that God doesn't want us to have knowledge, right? I mean, He gives us knowledge. He gives us uh, the knowledge you have to do what you guys do has come. It's, it's a gift from God. The passion that He's put on your heart is a gift from God. God doesn't want to keep us away from things. Um, and and so, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a question I'll ask Him when I see Him one day. <laughs> yeah. You know, really clarify that, God. Why did you not want that? And I'm not a biblical scholar. I mean, I'm just sure. Kidding. I get it. I'm a guy that loves the Lord, that loves Jesus. Right. And and you know, I read I read the Bible, uh, probably not as often as I should. <laughs> and and um, but you know my my under, you know my take on that is that God gives us opportunities in life, just like He gave them an opportunity yeah. at that moment to be obedient and not allow temptation to lead them down the wrong road. Right. And He gives us opportunities in life to make those decisions to either follow him and 
his ways, yeah. allow his spirit to move in us and move sure. us in a direction, uh, or make decisions that, uh, you know, kind of uh, lead us down a path that we probably shouldn't go and kind of get out from underneath his wing. I mean, God's with us all the time. Right. He's, you know, he, you know, he'll never leave us, never forsake us. Sure. Um, I mean, those are his words. But he does allow us to make decisions. And mistakes, and, right? And mistakes. And here's the deal. You know, everybody wants to live high on the mountain because that's where the view is. Yeah. But the fruit's in the valley. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so it's when we, when we, when we find ourselves in that valley and it's like, man, I, you know, this is a little scary down here. You yep. know, I can't see anymore and it's dark. And, man, that's where, the, that's where it's lush. That's where the <laughs> fruit is. That's where the growth is. Yeah. Right, and so when we're in those valleys, um, and going through those hard times, and we all do, we all do. Uh, you know, we 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 can make a choice: try to dredge through that by ourselves, or put our faith in God and allow Him to lead us through that. And if you do, He'll still those waters, and uh, and and it'll get it'll get calm again, and 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 He'll lead us through that, and. It doesn't mean there's not going to be pain along the way. It doesn't mean there's not going to be um, more trials and tribs along the way. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be. But, man, I tell you, it's 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 a lot easier to get through that with him than it is on my own, I can tell you that. Yeah. You know, my wife, actually, I don't know where she got this. Christy, I don't know where she got this. Um, but she said something to me a couple of weeks ago, and she's like the wisest person I know. It's incredible. Um she said she picked up she's this perspective on life if you if you can if you can take the perspective that things happen for you mm-hmm. instead of to you mm-hmm. it changes everything yeah yeah you know and 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 even bad things if you look at it from a perspective of that happened for me and not to me what can i learn from that and move forward Yep. you know yep. how is this man, serving me right like how is this lesson everything. or well life's life is being served to us that's how i look at it. life's a gift right like this let's let's be real here most people don't appreciate the gift that is life right and they try to chase things in life that they think is important when they quickly realize i'm basically getting in my own way and and the importance of what you're trying to get out of life is just being appreciative that you can get up in the morning and then you can appreciate all the beauty that there is in this existence, right? In this human existence of you, right? Because if you're a human right now, you're living a human existence, right? Uh, God put you in a position now to basically live a human life, right? Yeah. And I think it's, you go back to the whole free will and everything, which is interesting. Well, God has gave us free will. And I've heard a long time ago, we talked about this too. There's God, and then every other thought outside of God is your ego, mm-hmm. which is essentially free will. And so if you believe the spirits within you, then the DNA is there, from the creator to say, you are going to just work and function this way. I like, think about your heart, think about your brain. It's just, it's designed that way. You don't have to voluntarily do anything, right? But the second emotions come into play, the second, uh, you know, variations in the original thought processes, then all of a sudden you have the opportunity to make mistakes. And so, you know, we talked about good and evil uh, quite a bit, you know, like last month. And I was like, I think I understand it. You talk about the path to get there. You know, I look at like Lucifer's uh, ascent and descent. Mm-hmm. And I find 
that part fascinating because in Lucifer's mind, he was doing good, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting. The free will of it is being able to give yourself energy to anything you believe. So really just be cautious about what you do believe because you won't know any better, right? If you don't have some kind of code of conduct or ethics or morals to go by in life, then you're not going to be able to distinguish between what good is evil. And then the other side of it, you'll be like, well, who cares if it is good or evil? It just is. Yeah, that that was kind of my comment on that. It was just like, well, I don't really ever really see things as good or evil. I just, you know, they're benefiting others as well or not. Because like, I usually try to figure out like, well, what's what helps the majority, right? Like mm -hmm. even our business is 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 very much like, hey, how are we going to help people get educated? How are we going to help them grow? And if it doesn't serve that, then we just don't do it, right? And right. so many times we've had opportunities that for us it would be very beneficial, but if you want to look at it from a very like standard point of view, it's just like, yeah, but that's going to be very, very short lived because it's not helping them. But in, but in the, in the long run, like it, yeah, it's not going to help them. So what, what's the point of it? Like, it's not, we're not growing together. Then it's going to be a slow process and it's just not worth it. It's not as fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, you know, from a, from a spiritual perspective and a practical perspective, there is a good and evil. Uh, there, there is. Um, but knowing you guys as, as well as I, I know you now and, 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 uh, for, you know, I guess a couple of years now, yeah. um, uh, and this is the spirit in both of you guys, you see the good in all everything <laughs> you just do. I yeah. mean, you see the good in people yeah. Aldo, and, and, and you too, John, yeah. I mean, y'all see the good and, and that's, that's from my perspective, that's the Holy spirit in you. Hmm. Okay. And we should all be that way. We should all see the good in in even bad situations, try to find the good in it because it's there. God's in it. God's there. Okay, and and but we we sometimes it's not as crystal clear as it should be. Yeah, and that's what's cool about you guys is is you know is there is a good and there is an evil, um, uh, and and uh, uh, but man, we should all live that way. That's awesome. <laughs> that that, that that's so great. You know, and, and, <laughs> I like and, that. And, and the other thing that that you know, I want to. I can't remember what you said that, that brought me to this place, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it all comes down to relationship, yeah. you know, it, it just does. And, you know, I mean, you know, when, if, if someone asked me, you know, what, what does God want from us? What does God want from you? He wants a relationship. Really? That's it, man. He wants a relationship. He put you on this earth to be in relation with him. That's what he wants. It, it, today and forever. Do you, you know? Do you think also to have relationships with the other things that is around us as well in our environment? Absolutely. To be interactive and yes. be a part of our environment, yes. like be interactive relationships Absolutely. with our environment. Absolutely. But we get locked in our own world and we lose that re that we, relationship. We lose sight. Yeah, and and you get you get you get locked in. Hmm. And and uh, he wants to be in the middle of everything you are. He wants to be in the middle of your marriage. Very important yeah. that God's in the middle of your marriage. Yeah. Uh, and and you allow the Holy Spirit to to move to move through that. You know, you you talked about washing feet. Have you ever had your feet washed? Yeah. Have you ever had your feet yeah. washed? You know, it's it's a it's a it's an emotional, spiritual moving thing. It is. You ever washed your wife's feet? Uh, Dude, you need to do I, that. Yeah, <laughs> I've given plenty of foot massages, but no, I have not no, washed no, the no, feet. No, 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 I'm I talking know, about in a spiritual kind of way. I wash my kids' feet. I haven't washed my wife's yeah, feet. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a whole nother cleanse. It's a whole nother yeah, 
it it takes it to a whole nother level. That that's you know what's incredible about you bringing all this up. It's so next date date night when I take care of the kids. That's, that's, that's how you do. Just, <laughs> just, just washing the Listen, all night. man, gotta <laughs> be for the right reason. I understand okay. that. You know, uh, I've read a lot um, on besides you know biblical references. I've been reading a lot of Buddhism lately. And, you know, talking about, you know, giving your energy towards things. And it's funny because your Buddhist mindset, Baldo, says, like, don't give energy towards the wrong thing. But yeah. but even then he just pointed out, I was like, well, you know what the wrong thing is. And you were not going to give your energy to that. So at least you know the distinguisher between something that's not good uh, for you and something that is. Yeah, I, I- I think for me, for in my brain, it's just easier to look at it like it's less beneficial. So I just, you know, for whatever reason, instead of saying like, oh, that's bad, it's just like, it's just less beneficial for for people is how I see it. But I guess in the sense, like, yes, I guess that would be a bad thing. <laughs> so so it, it brought up the, this thing called innate intelligence. And I don't know if you've heard the term before. No. So I actually learned in chiropractic school. Hmm. So chiropractors, uh, D.D. Palmer was the original chiropractor. Um, believed that everything we ever needed, our body was already given. True. I okay. That. Right. And yeah. then anything else we needed was found in our environment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll segue into the cattle here in a second and the beef. But if that's the case, there's all kinds of forces called universal forces, uh, physical, chemical, mental stressors that will basically bring us down and try to disrupt our innate intelligence. So our best bet is to remove or distance ourselves from as many of those stressors as possible. And then basically stay out of our own way and try to get out of our own intelligent way of not putting things that would block our own innate intelligence. Innate intelligence meaning like we know that I have the power to know what's good for me. And that's you right? go back like, to that yeah. word again. Yeah. And this is the point what he was bringing up, the spirit and all that stuff too. Call it gut instinct. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, what, what's a gut instinct? They're like, well, it's the feeling. It's this physical uh, feeling. And science wants to say, well, it's this neurological feedback system and communication between serotonin and neurotransmitters from your gut to your brain and your gut's your second brain telling your original brain, don't do this because X, Y, Z. Baldo says not beneficial. You and I might say it's not good, right? But you have to analyze and process that. Yeah. Well, we always want to put like what's the idea of who's telling us that's right or wrong? Is a little voice inside of our head? Is a little voice on top of our shoulders? <laughs> Right? The good right. and the bad, right? Right. Yeah. And you're saying, who's telling you that that's not the right thing to do? And I think that innate intelligence is if you're not listening to your gut instinct, it's hard to distinguish what to do. But then on top of it, I do believe in signs. Mm-hmm. I believe in symbols that's been passed along from generations and thousands of other people who've been through in the same situation. And in dreams. And in dreams. Mm-hmm. Now, you bring up a good point. I love this. Um, what is dreaming in your realm look like when is that a communication with god i think it is and and i think uh you know i know that uh christy for example yeah uh my wife um she she uh man she's got a direct line dude <laughs> i'm telling you and um she, her dreams are very vivid and and god speaks to her clearly through her dreams really and i think i think god speaks to all of us through our dreams but i think I think we, uh, you know, like for me, for example, I just have a hard time, you know, hearing, hearing. Uh, the message, understanding. Yeah, the deciphering the, 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 the message. Yeah, yeah, for whatever reason. Yeah. And she, she'll wake up and write it down. 
you know, and, uh, and she'll go back and pray, you know, pray on it and, and, and just really ask God over the next window of time, you know, what, what that dream really meant. And he'll, he'll speak to her through it, you know, and, and, and there are things, you know, I, I believe God speaks to us in dreams and, and, um, and yeah, for sure. That's incredible. It's the gamma, the gamma way. So, um, well, it goes back to what we just talked about. Like you, you're not allowing any blockage of the environment, so you can just let message come through, mm-hmm. right? Because, yeah. or else, or else you're like not necessarily thinking, thinking, but which is also happening. But you're also reacting, right, to your environment and triggers and all that stuff. So, whatever is being said, it's probably not being received properly because it's distorted. Right. But not during dream, not during sleep. Yeah, you know, you mentioned earlier that that you know God sometimes you have a conversation with someone or you're speaking and you're going, man, this is just like not even my words. Yeah. Right. We've got a friend that, um, I mean, uh, a real good friend of mine. I actually, uh, we grew up together and, and she's, she become, she's become real good friends with Christy now and, and they live in the hill country and, and, and she's really tuned in and, um, and that's kind of a weird way to say that, but she's in good relation, really good, strong relation with God and God speaks to her and, and, and she writes things and says things when God's speaking through her yep. that it is like, there's no way it's her. I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because when you, when she, you're just in a conversation with her, you're like, it's like, that's a whole different language. Like her, her inflection and how she uses her words and everything, and her slang and her, her, um, just just accent and everything yeah. is real when you're talking to her and when she's just being, you know, when God's not speaking through her. And I think God kind of always speaks through her, but but when when she's really got a word from God, it's like a whole different person speaking. Yep. I mean, I'm talking. English to perfection. Yeah. And it's it's like that can't, that's not her. I and it's kind of cool. You understand that. I, so yeah. uh, a couple of years ago I gave a talk uh, at our festival and um let's just say I prepared for it in a way to where I was really like this is going to be an incredible deliverable speech that hopefully motivates the crowd, right? There was what 60 70 people in that crowd I think at least. Baldo was pacing in front of me. Uh, I remember you were filming or maybe you were just, I don't even know. You were probably just listening. And I had an outer body experience. And I saw my body stand at one point and I kept moving almost like, you know, like looking back at like, oh my gosh, there I am to my right. And I watched myself talk and give the speech in like, you know, real time, like a 30 minute segment was really what this was. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at me go. And I've had this routinely happen three or four times in my life in the last three or four years. Very similar to where I'm watching myself talk in real time. And you're right. It is not me. There's no way I can be that eloquent sometimes. And I've written a poem recently staring at the tree of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Almost of just like how did this come out? This I didn't edit anything. Like it just right. came out and it was like a whole thing. And I sit down with that. I said, that's it. It needs to be done. I don't have to go back and change it. Like, it's, it, that's the way it came out. That's it. And leave it there. And I've told Baldo this. And I've, I've said, for anyone who's listening to this, have you ever been like, uh, was it uh, uh, clairvoyant? Clairvoyant. Yeah. yeah. 
I remember growing up and hearing about spirits and people seeing spirits and Catholicism. That's just no brainer. I mean, angels and spirits and archangels and like, that's just there. So like a guiding force around you, entities is what some people refer to it as. And I'm like, yeah, there's has to be spirits among us. There's so much I mean, there's energy in that tree and those plants. Like, you know, you can have all kinds of energy that changes shapes, mm-hmm. but it's still the same energy. So I feel people's energy and I can also sense the idea that, you know, I'm like, well, imagine if Jesus' story is told in different languages and his energy was that solely of to give, he had to absorb some of that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think about the anguish of someone who absorbs everyone else's energy and doesn't have any left for himself. And that's what we've kind of looked at. And I was like, there has to be a limit on like who you give your energy to and what you do with your time. Because I know with you and like prayer and meditation with you, Baldo, it's your most precious time. I don't think you share that with anyone, probably not even your wife, right? Because it's your prayer time. That is your one time. Meditation time, self-time, long time. time. That is your one time to be completely honest with yourself. And the only other person that's going to be able to hear it is God. Yeah. Yeah. Me time, right? Me time. And I, and honestly, we have to prescribe that to people. And that's not in a selfish way, but it needs to be to some degree. Well, it has to be. Yeah. It's a non-negotiable. Like, right. would you be able to do what you're doing now if you didn't have that throughout all these years? Mm, probably not. And, and you know, and it, and it looks different for all of us. Yeah. You know, I mean, I you know, uh, a lot of what I do is, is you know, out on out on the land. Yeah. You know, I'm by myself. I may have, you know, I may be on a tractor, maybe on, you know, with a chainsaw in my hand or whatever, and I'm working. You know, but I can pray and work at the same time, you know, and uh, and because I, I have a lot of alone time. Sure. You know, in what I do. And, you know, for other people, they may have a prayer room in their house where they that's where they pray, you know, in church. For, for some people, it may be a walk in the park. Yeah. You yep. know, yeah. and 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 but it's but it's very important that you get that time. Yes. And that's a that's a time of self-reflection and time of medication and time medication. <laughs> meditation yeah and a time to and it is a medication it is that is and 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 a time to really hone in on that really important part of aspect of relationship because you and i can't have a relationship if we don't spend time together correct how are you going to have a relationship with god if you don't spend time with him yeah correct yep you know yeah and and yeah so uh really really important so so what was the the I guess if you want to talk it talk about the message or the download, a lot of people like to say use those yeah. those words here uh, that that came through you for changing what you were doing beforehand. Or if we can get into like what were you doing beforehand before you said, "Hey, I have to do, I have to work with cattle." Well, uh, you know, I grew up with cattle, and I mean, it was part of my childhood, and uh, little, you know, it's kind of a part of my my head my family history my grandfather was a farmer and my you know my dad raised cattle and along with uh with my uncle and so i've been around cows ever since i can remember uh went off to school and god you know moved me in that direction you know i played ball played baseball that led me to tcu that's where i met my wife <laughs> christy you know and i think god's in all that you know i had opportunities to go elsewhere and i don't know my heart just said go to tcu you know, and so that's where, that's where I went and met, met Christy 30 days after I got there, you know, <laughs> and, uh, 
and you know got my degree and and you know I'm, I'm a major in economics and actually minored in religion you know, <laughs> f- funny enough <laughs> but um uh you know and and started a started a career in the newspaper industry for you know uh it's just something i was interested in doing and god led me in that direction and and then uh oh 10 years later we got together and and uh christy's parents bought a a ranch in uh in the hill country and we kind of all came together and began to take care of that and one thing led to another and i was i walked out of one career and started running the the family ranch if you will and um and uh that's where it all began and uh it was a really designed to be a place for us to just come together as families for special occasions and uh and things like that and and one thing led to another and we started doing retreats and we started, you know, we had a commercial hunting operation, and then we got introduced cattle again, which you know was part of my history. And and uh, and over time, you know, that was 25 years ago. Not to age myself or anything, <laughs> but that was 25 years ago. And and over time, somewhere in the process, let's say 16, 17 years ago, Christy and I began to, you know, I, I just I just got to a point where I said, you know, you know, I've always been a beef consumer uh, really protein beef pork chicken you know I, I like it all fish <laughs> um but on the beef side i just i just wanted to, to do things a little bit different a little cleaner for my family yeah and so i began to just raise my own beef for our family's consumption and that let you know then i would have someone over and they'd go man this steak is just awesome you know what's you know what what's the difference well i I raised it right here i don't know you know i finished it out so and um and then well hey can you do that for me and (laughs) i said yeah i can i I mean i'm I'm doing one for us so i can do one for you too you know and so i and that just grew to all of a sudden now i'm doing i'm finishing out cattle for you know eight or ten people and um and you know i'm getting a process getting them processed and so on and so forth and you know now i've got 20 different families made because a lot of people split a, a cow or whatever and uh i'm i ended up use, utilizing a processor in in smithville texas um smithville food locker and um after about a year or so yama over there said hey man this beef is just like outstanding <laughs> and it's like the best beef I've ever cut. And I've been doing this for, you know, almost 30 years and or whatever in a long time. And, and, uh, and he said, do you mind if I sell your beef to my customers? And I said, well, no, not at all. You know? And, um, uh, and I got to thinking, you know, if it's good enough for his customers, then I'd had a lot of people be- ask me, you know, they, they tell me I can't, I can't, I can't handle a half a cow yeah, or even a quarter. Can you sell, you know, and I really wasn't set up for that. So after talking to Yama, he helped me go through the process and I got all my permits and, and everything, got my label and, uh, and started selling beef by the cut, you know, and, uh, and it's just kind of grown into this 
crazy thing now, you know. And we're still small, very small. Yeah, but you're you different. Know? But you're we're, different. We're, we're different, and by design, by design, we're different by design. Which and, is, and well, we just we want to maintain a, a certain level of quality in our beef, right? And uh, and so you know, we we uh, the the cattle that we use are off of our you know my family farm in Brenham. You know, my brother, my brother-in-law and sister, they have, each have herds. And my mom has a herd still there that we manage for her. And then we have a herd in, here in the hill country that's family. And, and then I've got one, one other guy that I, I buy cattle from to fill gaps uh, that has a registered Angus herd. But that all comes full circle to I know the origin of every calf. I know the origin. I know the history. I know what bull that calves out of. I know what cow that calves out of, and I know there. Therefore, I can uh, I can really hone in on and maintain a certain quality of beef, and yep. in, in the end product, and and it, and it all starts there. It starts in the origin with the origin, and then and it's how you know how that calf's raised. You know, at what point we wean the calf from the cat, a cow calf from the cow. And then what happens at after that? And so, so, so I have a question about that. Whenever you wean the the calf from the cow, that's that's a certain point that you determine, like, okay, it's okay to now take this child off of their mother. Is that mm. that's yeah. crazy? Yeah, because that because I'm thinking when you're thinking qu- quality care. I mean, these are living animals they that are. have emotions and all that as well too. They so, are. Yeah. So I'd look at it like in this case as like a, as not necessarily quality control, but like care control. Right, like you. It is, yeah, it really is, and there are certain elements that you know I believe, and and this isn't scientific. You know, this is just me doing this. You know, this this is just what I believe. So it becomes my protocol, right? Yeah. And um, you know, I I think it it begins with, with the origin. You know, and 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 we you know we try to wean those cattle, and we're as, we're as gentle with them as we can be, and we want to reduce that stress at weaning as much as possible, and. And, uh, and so, um, you know, those, those calves are, you know, anywhere from five to 700 pounds probably when they're weaned and, and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And, um, you know, and, and so, you know, they're, you know, six to seven months old, you know, eight months old, something like that, depending on they're you know, they're just like people. They're all, they're different, you know, different sizes, shapes and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, um. And so, you know, we really try to reduce that stress and, 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 uh, and how we handle them. And, and, and when they, when they, when they come to, to whether they're off of our ranch and, and I bring them there where I, I, I really keep a close eye on them as they go through what they call the sweat period, uh, of that stress from weaning and, and also their initial vaccinations, if that's when we vaccinate them, um, and, uh, and, and just really help them through that. And, and I imagine that there's a relationship with with you as well, right? Because they have to also build a trust with you. They do, yeah. Because they, they also, do. yeah. It's, it's yeah. not like who's this person that's I mean, taking this away. <laughs> Jonathan asked me one time, you know, and without getting worried about it, you know, he said, "Hey, you know, do you talk to your cows?" And I mean, the answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I do. You know, it's as odd as that may sound. Uh, I mean, I find myself, you know, sometimes they answer me. 
<laughs> yeah, it's really, really, it really takes two weeks. I'm weird sure place. they do. Well, it's almost like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure hey, they this, do. Is, <laughs> this is the only way I know how to communicate. Hopefully, you understand, but I, I think we do, right? Yeah, like, I mean, we understand yeah. babies. Yeah, I don't it, know. well, dogs are <laughs> so, going to talk to you and cats do too. Oh, yeah, so. for yeah. sure. But stress to me, you know. I mean, we feed and all that. You know, in our by the way, our cattle are, you know, you got grass fed, yep. and you got you know grain finished, basically, yep. and grain fed and grain finished, and and you know, and that's and that's really a preference. You know, you can get healthy grass fed beef, you can get healthy grain finished beef. Okay, okay. I mean, I just want to, I just want to set that straight right now. Okay. Okay, and um, because it's all about inputs, and you can also get not healthy grass-fed beef yep. and not healthy grain-finished yep. beef. Okay, yep. and so and when I say healthy and and, and clean, yeah. Okay, because the cleanliness comes from, um, you know, the no growth hormones, and the, you know, and all and all you know, and 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 thing you know, chemicals in your feed and so on and so forth. Yep. Okay, that's where the uncleanliness comes from. And even vaccinations from a standpoint, you know, vaccination, antibiotics yeah. that are given to cattle, uh, they, 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 just like our bodies, you know, I ask you, you know, this IV I'm getting right now, yeah. right, from my allergies, you know, how long is it going to be in my system, yep. right? And you say, ah, about a week. Yep. And so there are, there are regulations around antibiotics in, 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 uh, in livestock when antibiotics are given. Uh, where it processes through and out of the body, and it's no longer there. Yeah. Okay, and so, uh, but our protocol, and I'll explain why in a minute, is that um, other than you know knowing the origin of every calf, and and how it's weaned, how it's raised, uh, what it's fed, no chemical additives. Uh, it's an all natural finishing feed once they're on finished feed. Uh, our cattle are. Uh, on grass, there is, there is grass under their feet from the day they come into this world to the till the day I, I haul them to the processor. They have grass under their feet. Okay, they're not they're not in a lot confined. They're in pa- a pasture setting, even when they're on finishing feed. And that's just there's no scientific proof that that's better. Okay, now, I mean I can't provide any because I haven't done any. Yeah. Uh, but I just. I think it's better, and so it's yep. part of my protocol. And so, uh, and then, as far as uh, you know, we give no growth hormones, nothing, no injections once they get their initial inoculations and vaccinations. And although I know scientifically that antibiotics are out of their system, I feel like if I have to doctor a calf along the way that has been sick along the way. It's just not going to perform at the quality at, for an end product that I want as a part of my clean beef program. And so if I have to doctor a calf along the way, it goes a different route. It doesn't come to you yep. as a finished product. Yep. Not because I feel like, because I know there's not going to be antibiotics in the, in the meat. Yep. I just feel like if that calf was stressed along the way. Yeah. That does certain things, I think. Right. To the end product. Okay. And it's like this. I had a, I had a cat, you know, I don't know, I can't remember if she was off one of our farms or what, but I had a, um, a, a calf, a heifer that's a female cow before she has a calf, right? 
and I had a heifer come in. She was going to be a part of the beef program. She's she was nice though. She's on she's kind of on the edge, and sometimes I'll go I'll just I'll just say you know that's going to make a good cow, and I will take her out of the beef program, and she'll become a part of the reproduction part of what we do. And and this cow was on the on the the edge, but she was the oldest one in the group when I brought her in. So she was out in the pasture a little bit longer, and she got bred early, okay? And typically, when we breed our heifers, we like for them to, when they calve out, they're a full 24 months, two years old, because they're full-framed at that point. And they calve easier. They have less problems calving because their body's full size, and they can handle the whole birthing process. Well, she calved at about 15 months old. 16 months old early mm-hmm. um she's and, a baby basically <laughs> yeah and her so but that stress on her body from carrying that calf and then birthing that calf which she didn't thank god she didn't have any problems she calved mm-hmm. um and she was a good producer good milk she she's a good mom good mother took care of that calf um, but the stress from all that stunted her growth. Mm. Okay. And, and she's now she's, she's with her peer group mm-hmm. that weren't bred. And it's obvious that it set her back. Wow. And I don't know that she'll ever catch up. And you know, she put so much into that calf and so much into raising that calf that it took from her ability to full, to, to grow, which like she had to grow sense. ahead of time, right? Like she had to grow faster. But she depleted her she n- depleted herself. Her. Yeah. yeah, she yeah. gave it all up. Right, yeah. and so that that's a very long story to to say. I that's why I believe that if I've got a doctor calf a lot along the way, uh, that it's not going to keep up with its peer groups, yep. and it's not going to be efficient, and it's going to be stressed along the way, and I think that affects the end sure. product. And so I just made a protocol. If I've got to give, if I've got a doctor a calf even once, I'm sending it in a different wow. direction. So, because you got to draw the line. Because you can go, well, you know, if you don't have a hard and fast stop there, yep. you know, at least me anyway, I'm not strong enough, you know. <laughs> and so, if I don't have a hard and fast stop there, then I can say, well, it wasn't that sick. And I had to die, I had to give it three shots. Yeah. But, but, you know, that whole process is stressful. It needs to happen. I'm not just going to let a calf die. Sure. I'm gonna if a calf gets sick, I'm gonna do everything I can to save it, yep. and I'm gonna doctor it. And if I've got to, if I've got to run it through the chute three or four times over a two month period to get it healthy, uh, to get put to put it back into the system, and to go a different direction, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. But that just that in and of itself is stressful uh, on 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 the calf a little bit, and so it's just not. I don't want it to be a part of my program. So what I do is I get it healthy, send it down the road. Um, because I'm not, uh, I have to have a hard and fast. So if I've got a doctor at one time, yep. I ear tag that calf to go a different route. Well, I think this is also because it's kind of something you told me before you set up by designing your protocols to minimize the stress that they're going to encounter the second they get on there, uh, on your land. Mm-hmm. You talked about the grass. You told me about the brushes and the pathways that you clear. Right? To make sure it's less stressful on them. Well, we do. I mean, that's a part of it. And that's just part of, you know, farming and ranching uh, is, you know, is, is maintaining the grounds, maintaining the land, not overgrazing, but not undergrazing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, adequately grazing so that you can regenerate those grasses and those cattle, you know, they get in there, stimulate the ground and they mm-hmm. poop and they pee and yep. they fertilize naturally and all that stuff. And, and, uh, and that's, that's all, yeah, that's all a part of it. And, and, but, uh, but, but that, because of it, it makes your farm a regenerative agriculture setting. Yeah. I mean, it's not, um, it, it is, it is in my heart and mind, a regenerative agriculture setting. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's textbook. Sure. You know, because there's nothing, as you, I don't know, you know by now, there's, there's nothing textbook sure. about what I do. Sure. You're not going to get a certifi- certified no. farm or whatever. No, yeah. but you know, it's like this, you know, you know, we, 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 we hunt and, yeah. you know, and we, we hunt our land and, um, and, uh, you know, one, one thing that's, you know, we have predators, right? Uh, a lot of them. And, um, and, and one of the predators are coyotes and we do manage those, um, the population of those, uh, to a degree. Don't eliminate them because yeah. they got a place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But all of the hunters on our land know the cats are off limits. And cats are off limits, and this is why. Bobcats, mountain lions, and we do have mountain lions. Um, first of all, they've I've never had, uh, and I probably shouldn't say this, <laughs> up until this point I haven't had a problem with them affecting my cattle herds. Yeah. Um, that's because they got good mamas, probably, yeah. uh, to protect their calves, because they're there, uh, particularly mountain lions. Um, but cats only consume they don't kill for sport yeah they only consume what they need to survive do we see it with even just house cats they you can you can leave the food there they're not going to eat it all they're going to eat what they need and then they 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 only (laughs) consume what they need and they are a very very important part of the ecosystem out there to eliminate you know not eliminate but to um help manage the population of rodents of mice of of um you know raccoons and squirrels and possums and everything else that will overrun our land if we eliminate all the predators that's right it's all a part of this of the of the system you know and and so we're you know i'm not just like hyper religious about it but i tell them don't 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 shoot the cats you know and um and because they they really are important important part of of what we do wow and and so you know and and it's just you know even the the turkey i mean we're overrun with turkey sometimes they drive me crazy <laughs> um but man they go they go out in the fields and they scratch around and they stimulate the soil and yeah. and they do their thing you know and and if you eliminate them that's a part of the process you don't have anymore right so you have an ecosystem out there yeah there's an ecosystem just like everywhere yeah and you have have you noticed like different types of plants and garden growing stuff yeah i mean i'm not so much you know in, a gardener in, in, a gardener my <laughs> wife's the gardener yeah uh and she and she you know she's she's gotta more, bring her on <laughs> yeah she, yeah really honestly yeah because yeah, 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 yeah. really, yeah. she has a, an amazing garden right she's she's you know she got out of gardening and she's she's busy being a, a mom and homeschooling and yeah. then and then you know and then now she's busy being a grandma yeah uh and and uh but uh, she got out of it for a few years, yeah. but yeah, she's really got. She's got a green thumb, yeah. and and she's good at gardening, and she's got her, she's got her greenhouse going again, and she's you know, and she, we we just as a matter of fact, she's in the pro- we have been, and she's in the process of planting some fruit trees again, and um, um, you know, I've spent the last 
you know, she's into all of it, man. She's into bees. She's yeah. she's getting into bees. You know, she's I've been spent the last two weeks redoing her checking coop because we're getting we're gonna, you know, my daughter has been providing us with fresh eggs, you know, for a couple of years now, and and uh, now Christy wants to do that. So in our backyard, you know, I've rebuilt the chicken coop, and so we're gonna, you know, it's that's awesome. So it's full cycle, dude. How many animals? <laughs> how many animals do you have out there? On the- on your ranch animals yeah well you, that you can that you're like find that let's say that are uh you consider tending to uh you talking about just farm animals yeah yeah let's talk about not wildlife yeah yeah no, no not wildlife farm animals oh gosh um I mean, we, you know a couple sheep you know my daughter's got a couple sheep and a couple goats and then she's got i don't know how many chickens i can't even count them yeah ducks duck eggs are good yeah yeah um and then, as far as cattle go, you know, in in the whole scheme of things, you know, we let's just round it off to about a hundred head. Yeah. You know, uh, between Brenham, my family farm there, yeah. and my brother and brother-in-law, and, and our herd there, and, and here, and what I've got coming up, and in the in the system, just call it a hundred head. I mean, it's small. We're small, you know. But my and I could grow this thing. I could grow this thing. The demand's there. But I just, you know. I want to eliminate. I want to reduce my stress too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we've talked about this too. You know, and you know that's part of my deal. I know, right? And know. so, uh, and and it's 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 my wife, uh, two of my kids right now. You know, Isabel and Landon and Christy, and we're the ones running this cattle operation. Yeah. And uh, and and you know, Bella and Landon, they're fifteen, sixteen. They feed. We hand feed these cows that yeah. we're finishing out twice a day. When I say hand feed, I'm mean, not eating out of our hands, but I mean we feed them personally feed them twice a day and uh and they do that they do that seven days a week uh, wow yeah and uh and christy and i handle the cattle and we we you know they help us weigh them and christy's usually there with me and when it comes time to ship and all that and we we do it all together you know we're, it's a family deal yeah i i totally get that and yeah. I, I know you've always presented it that way but you also said i don't i know i could grow this but i i like my family life i like what i do yeah and, yeah. yeah. Well, another route would be like let's let's create a course on this is how to run a clean well, business. Well, <laughs> we talked we talked about this because you said this and I asked you this. What I don't know if you want to talk about your other farming background back in the day, but you had said, look, there's a lot of farmers out here. It could take them about what two years you said to switch to the way that you're farming from this regenerative approach. Yeah, it just depends on the it depends on how much land they have, depends on where they are in the process sure. and what the land is like and so on and so forth. But it's I mean, doable. It's very doable. I mean, and and not only in cat, not only in livestock. I mean, you can have you can have a garden on your back porch of your apartment. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, yeah. you can. And and uh, uh, I mean, it, it's it's just um, it's just a matter. It's a lifestyle. Well, would yeah. you also say that you're giving back to your your environment? Because the thing is, you have to put stuff in. Like you said, it's like your inputs, right? Like you're putting things into the ground for your cattle and you talked about like the garden in the backyard well imagine the high-rise downtown some of these places don't have you know pottery in the back with gardens they're growing all that so they're not giving back to the idea that they cut all these trees down and replace our oxygen with something else yeah so then i think like well you know self-sustainability regeneration you know all these like the urban community gardens that people are doing you know y'all have had a very healthy clean way of living this entire time and it shows because like i said the feed that you give the cattle you know you paying attention to how they're responding to you and they interact with you uh most people are so disconnected from the food they eat that they 
don't have people who are giving food that are telling them about, hey, this is where your food came from. Oh, there are people you can ask where you know where does your food come from, and they say H E B. Yeah, and that's it. That's all they know. You know, or that box over there. I opened. or a truck brought. Okay, okay. Well, a truck brought it to H E B. Yeah, you know. I mean, and, yeah, and, and and that's really, you know, I mean, and this is this is not a cliche, and I'm not saying this because I'm a farmer rancher, but there's this is just a this is just a universal truthism right here. Is that a word? Truthism. Yeah. Sure. Truism. We'll go with it. Truism. Truism. Yeah. And this is this is just a. This is just the truth. No farmers, no food. Yeah. It's right. that simple. And I don't care if it's a I don't care if if it's a an individual mom and pop grandpa out there farming. Okay? Or well, if it's because like one it's, cow can feed some, so many. If it's some <laughs> conglomerate. Yeah. That's mass producing. Yeah. Okay, that's that's more of a uh, a a corporate a corp a corporation that's a farming corporation. Yeah. Okay. No farmers, no food. Still. Period. Still to this day. Okay. Yeah. And and so. Uh. Yeah. You know, I was thinking on the way. You know, on the on the way over here, I was thinking. Yeah, I wonder how much beef we produce. <laughs> so, just quick math, because you said that. You know, how much one cow can can you know one cow can feed a family for a year. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but, you know, uh, a 1,200-pound calf that's processed is going to put, I don't know, call it 450, 460 pounds of meat in your freezer. Wow. That's a lot of Wow. Meat. Okay, in our little farming ranch, if we do 100 head a year, do the math. Yeah. That's what, 46,000 pounds of beef? That feeds a lot of people. Yeah. At, you know? Well, at, wow. A big issue is the waste, right, that we have with food in this country. Just the idea that, like, so much gets produced and it gets a lot. I mean, how much at HEB does throw away? How much do they throw away? I, I can, would, yeah, they, I'm sure they do, but I can tell you one thing HEB is really good about that I know this through Christy worked at a food pantry for, for a while. And, uh, and we give to a food pantry in, in our local community now, and she said the same thing. They give a lot away to food pantries. Well, that's great. Local food pantries. <laughs> I, that's a good thing. By the way, we're huge AGB fans. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. They really do. And 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 I mean, I, I was proud of them for that. Yeah. Um. And and they do a good job. They do a good job at that. Yeah. They they really do. Yeah. Wow. And then, but but then again, like people having the meat in their refrigerators, I know I'm guilty of this sometimes. Not with meat, because I always eat the meat, but <laughs> <laughs> but with like vegetables and stuff. I mean, I throw away food just because. We I do just, too. Yeah, like yeah. it's so well, that's compost, and you put it back in exactly. there and all yeah. that. So, I mean, just to put it in this perspective, <laughs> we have a little garden in the back, and uh, we got a little compost bin. Right, and so anything goes out there. Coffee grinds are good for fertilizer. There's a lot of stuff that you can basically reuse again. Uh, you know, we were at Wheatsville yesterday. You can buy everything in bulk there if you wanted to, right? I mean, it's a lifestyle, like you said. It's this whole mindset change. But think about uh, health in a perspective of like you know when we first met. I said, you know, Jason, you're really healthy because you basically are eating really healthy. You're outdoors all the time. You know, like. Uh, you're praying all the time. You have a good family, you know, like good community out there. You know, you're really healthy. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of things just like anyone else needs to address, you know, change here and there. But most people who live in the city have so much pollution coming from every angle. 
that they're sicker by design because they don't have enough fresh air. They don't have the open grass that doesn't have Monsanto chemicals, you know, sprayed all over it, right? Um, you know, they have fluorescent lights everywhere instead of sunlight. And you think like, man, that sounds crazy. Why would they do that? And you're like, well, this is the life they choose. And what happens is after a while, you say, all right, well, look at the food. Let's start with just one thing they could change. There's a convenience of CSAs now, farmer's markets and so mm -hmm. forth, right? Prep to your door said it takes three steps to get food from the farm onto into their restaurant so they can package it onto your plate. Three steps. How many steps does it take to get beef onto my plate from you in your ranch? If you talk about are you talking about from processing to your yeah i mean it's literally from my farm to your i mean it goes through the, it goes through the processor yeah. and that's one step that's one step and, and then it comes to you that's incredible yeah that's clean eating right there yeah i mean that's it i mean it goes from my farm to the processor and my processor to your to, to your, your house. freezer to your freezer <coughs> Excuse me. And by yeah, the way, everything that is, meat is incredible. Everything's yeah. flat. You know, it's it's pretty much flash frozen, if you will. Yeah. And and so it's a fresh nine months after. You know, if if it's in your freezer nine months, it's it's as fresh as it was if you just cut it. Yeah. Um. And um. And so yeah, that's that's it's one step. You know, one thing that that and I don't, I may have shared this with you. I saw it somewhere. I don't know where I saw this, but. I just thought it was a really cool concept, and and it, and it kind of goes with a conversation I have with Chrissy. Remind me, I, sure, I want to share that with you. But they, you know, you got all these buildings in in cities, and you got all these these walls that are just like solid walls, not even windows. And if they have windows, they're small windows, and so on and so forth. And I don't know, this may have even been in another country, but what they did was on regenerative, you know, farming. They they built into that wall. Um, racks that housed plants and vegetables all the way up that wall okay so not only did they utilize space that was just taking up space they turned it into space that produced vegetation uh f for oxygen food for consumption yep and insulation for the building yep i mean who loses in that deal yeah Right. Yeah. And and you know one thing I told Christy, and we still haven't done this, but we're going to. I was having a conversation with a, with a a guy that's actually worked for me for twenty five years, and and he and he's a he's a cowboy, you know, from way back. I mean, he used to haul cattle, and I mean, he's just he is cowboy. Okay. And um, <laughs> and and he, he, I mean, just I mean, just iconic. Okay. And. Um, and we were talking one day when we were out on the ranch talking and we got to talking about, and he's a gardener, loves to garden. And we, he brought us full circle to, you know, we've, we've got these flower beds in our, in front of our houses and it's got all these beautiful shrubs and flowers and so on and so forth. And water's a very precious commodity in the hill country. Yep. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and that conversation took us to, you know what? I'm gonna replace those shrubs with something I can eat. Yeah. I'm tending to it. I'm watering it every day. Yeah. I mulch it. Yeah. I mean, you know, because <laughs> plants that produce fruit yeah. and vegetables are pretty too. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, they, they, they flower, they bloom. Yeah. And so, why not take portions of our, you know, we're dumping all this water on it yeah. to keep it pretty. Why not let it be productive? Yeah. 
yeah. in a consumption kind of way. Yeah. You know, it's it's that kind of thought process. Yeah. Now, I say that, still haven't done that, yeah. but we're in the process, and yeah. we're, yeah. we're, we're going to do that. Oh, I know well, you will. I, 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 I always like to say, like, there's always a win-win situation. Right, right, like and that's you finding the good news. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But but there is sometimes I don't have the time to want to think about it, or I'm I'm okay <laughs> with that. But I I always feel like there's a win-win situation. There is because that's how new solutions always come up. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. We got we got to wrap up because uh, okay, we're running to the. By the way, we're still doing a lunch and learn here in a second, so there's gonna be even a lot more information on this. Yeah. But uh, I'm very happy to have uh, have you have he- well, hey. come here and yeah. had this conversation, and yeah. it was it went everywhere and i loved it yeah enjoyed it guys yeah thank you so I'd much love, love to come back sometime yeah how can uh how can people find you what, what website all that uh, stuff? cl3 cattle you know i'm not very much i know into marketing myself but uh, cl3cattle.com yep and uh, if you're interested in beef you know uh yeah i think you can reach me through my website but uh you know uh, 512-660-9290 just send me a text you know, I like to try to keep it simple. That's so, awesome. That's that might awesome. be the first time we have a phone number. Yeah, yeah. Take full advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>